Gary Zacharias with the Apologist Bookshelf. Hi. Here's an interesting book for you. It's called Raised on the Third Day, edited by W. David Beck and Mike Lacona. These are essays that are in honor of Gary Habermas, so they have to do with the historicity of the resurrection of Jesus. But it's interesting because they're all honoring um, Gary Habermas. So we've got one author, for example, that actually tackles Habermas's minimal facts argument. We've got the Soul and Near-Death Experiences chapter. That's from J.P. Moreland. Pretty heavy hitter right there. And then an area that I find fascinating. They've got an essay on the Shroud of Turin. We've got Craig Hasen, who's written a, an article that I wanted to focus on. And William Lane Craig and Francis Beckwith. And let's see, who else is in here? Craig Evans, Sean McDowell, uh, Daryl Bach, Mike Lacona wrote something, Alex McFarland, Frank Turek. Uh, these these are really good essays. I wanted to pick one of these and spend a little time with you going over it. It's called The Uniqueness of Christianity in a World of Religions. And this is by Craig Hazen, who's at Biola. He said he got a call. He was up there at Biola. And uh, somebody from a local community college was teaching a religious studies course. And they were looking for people to come in from different uh, spiritual traditions to come speak in the classroom, which is, I think is a really great idea. And so... He thought about it. He went, and he thought about, how do I approach these students? Because he figured that a lot of them were kind of like taking religions in this class as sort of a, on a test drive to see what they thought about them. So he said, when he got in the class, he said, what I'm going to propose to you is, how would a clear-thinking person go about a religious quest? So here you are in college, Hazen told them, and you're trying to use skills Let's use some of those skills that you use in your other classes. How would a thoughtful person go about a religious quest? And he says that he made the unabashed claim that if you consider yourself a thoughtful person and you're really on a religious quest, then you should start the quest by exploring Christianity first. Now, I think that's fascinating. It's an interesting way to do a little apologetics, but do it in the context of helping people to start their own quest. So he came up with four reasons why a thoughtful person who was on a religious quest would want to start with Christianity. Okay, so here we go. Number one, why, why start with Christianity? Why not Hinduism? Why not Mormonism? Why not something else? He said, number one, Christianity is testable. He says, at the heart of the Christian tradition are claims about Jesus that are testable. Any thinking person could examine the evidence and then rationally determine whether those claims were accurate or justified. See, Christianity, according to Hazen, is unique. It actually invites people to investigate its claims about God and the human race and the universe and the meaning of life. And he goes, of course, to a famous passage that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 15, four, uh, 15 verse 14, Paul says this, If Christ has not been raised from the dead, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. And then in verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 15, Paul goes on, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. And he said, Hazen has spent a lot of time studying different religions. He said, I haven't been able to find anywhere in any of the scriptures and teachings of these other great religious traditions that link so tightly the truth of a whole system of belief to one historical event, which is the resurrection. He says, that's amazing. The idea that the truth of Christianity is linked to the resurrection of Jesus sets it apart in a testable way, sets it apart from other world religions. 
He said historic Asian religions really don't even argue with the point. What it all boils down to, he says, Hinduism and Buddhism and other Eastern faiths, they're about interpersonal experience. It's not about objective public knowledge. Mormonism, same, says they all, if they can't seem to prove their faith, so they go back to a burning in the bosom. It's a special inner knowledge. So he said, really, the Mormons are no different than the Buddhists. They're relying on inner experience for their religious knowledge. But of course, Hazen says, if Jesus didn't come back from the dead after being executed, then, according to the Apostle Paul, Christianity is not true. So he says, Christianity just opens itself up and says, come investigate. Investigate, investigate the claims objectively. And of course, that's what Habermas does with his uh, many books, good books on the resurrection of Jesus. So number one, why start with Christianity? Because it begs to be tested rationally. Here's the second reason they said people should start their religious quest with Christianity. In Christianity, salvation is a free gift. That's amazing. Says uh, most other faiths is that God takes a lot of work from you to get into his kingdom. And you never really know if all of your striving for this deity was enough. But he said, look at Christianity. It sets a picture of God. He's a loving father. He wants to give a free gift of salvation to anyone. If this free system accurately describes Christianity and the other religions don't have that, he says, I don't see how, why would reasonable person wouldn't start their search with Christianity. He says it's kind of a no-brainer. And he points out Christianity is unique. It offers salvation by grace alone to anyone. He says in the whole history of religion, now remember Hazen has studied this, there have only been a couple instances of religious movement that consider salvation or enlightenment to be a free gift. And he mentions as a form of Buddhism and a form of Hinduism, he says, not really a no-strings-attached gift. There's still work that has to be done on the part of the devotees. But he says, Paul writes in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, this, For it's by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So salvation in Christianity is free. It's available to anyone. As he says, you don't need to be a spiritual superstar you don't have to have a noble birth, a great pedigree. You don't have to be highly educated. Anyone can come. And he points out that song, Just As I Am. It's exactly what Christianity offers. He says this is a very attractive, unique feature, and it makes Christianity an obvious choice to, to start your religious quest. Now, I would just add something as a uh, an aside here. I think a lot of people actually turn off on Christianity because they say, that's it? That's so easy. There's nothing to it. I don't have to do anything. Something inside of us wants to feel proud and to feel like, yeah, we deserve this. Yeah, we've worked our tail off. Yeah, we've done a good job here. So I agree with Hazen. It is a wonderful feature, but <laughs> I think there are a lot of people would say, come on, there must be something I can do. Okay, so let's go through two of these reasons again. So reason number one, why would you start your religious quest with Christianity? It's testable. Look at it rationally. See what you decide. Number two, in Christianity, salvation is a free gift. That's pretty amazing. Number three, why would you start with Christianity? You get an amazing worldview fit. He said it's, it's really valuable. You want to look at a religion 
and see if its picture of the world is a match for the way the world really is. If it's a terrible match, why would you live your life as a lie? So he says a thoughtful person doesn't want to start a religious quest with a religion that seems to have a hard time making sense of the world that we bump into every day. So he says, let me just give you one example to illustrate that Christianity is a tight fit with the way things really are. So he uses the problem of evil and pain and suffering. He said, every one of us observes evil and we suffer almost on a daily basis. So Hazen says, you know, any religion that doesn't do justice to this common human experience should probably not be at the top of the list for somebody who's a religious seeker. So again, because he has a background in various religions that study them extensively, he says, how do the various religious traditions explain evil and pain and suffering or make sense of it? So he starts off, he says, let's take some Eastern religions. How about Buddhism and Hinduism? They normally put the category of evil, pain, and suffering as an illusion. Sometimes they're called maya. So evil and pain will fade away as you gain enlightenment, as you begin to realize that it's all an illusion. So what we need to do is just change how what we believe about them. So apparently good and evil are not real, and you just can transcend them through right views. Now, Hazen said he talked to somebody one time who believed that, and he said he asked one question. He said, what would your guru, right, Eastern religion, what would your guru say about the Holocaust? And it says there's kind of dead silence there because you can't think that away. The Holocaust was real. You can't deny it. He says, uh, how could this woman buy into her guru's teaching about evil being an illusion, but she did take seriously the suffering of the Jews of Europe. Well, if you're going to buy into Eastern religions, the suffering was an illusion. He says any worldview that attempts to dismiss this terrible evil pain and suffering that Jews went through, and it's just calling it an illusion, he said that's not a viable guide to life. But he says the scriptures of Christianity do confront the issue of evil head-on, starting with Genesis. There's a whole section of the Bible called the book of Job that deals with people wrestling with personal suffering. He says the Bible really doesn't answer the why question in individual instances. It does give you a satisfactory context for coming to terms with the existence of evil. He says, so if you're given the choice between a worldview that just dismisses pain and suffering, telling you it's an illusion, or a worldview that says, yes, they exist, he says the choice is obvious. By the way, Greg Kokel and others have said, actually, the argument about evil and pain and suffering is an argument for the existence of a God. Because he said, where do we get the idea of something being evil unless there's a standard outside of us? Okay, let's go to number four. Another reason to start your religious quest with Christianity. So one more time, what were the three leading up to this? Christianity is testable. That was number one. And number two, Christianity, there's a free gift of salvation. Number three, with Christianity, you get an amazing worldview fit. And then number four, Christianity, now this is a real no-brainer, Christianity has Jesus at its center. He is the center of the tradition. It's got the word Christ right in the word, Christianity. He points out that Jesus is without doubt the closest thing the world has to a universal religious figure. In fact, J. Warner Wallace has a new book out called Person of Interest that talks about this very thing that Jesus 
is the center. He's the spotlight of all religions. He says almost every religious tradition wants to claim him as its own, one way or another. He says, this is not just a raw assertion of my own beliefs. He said, take Hinduism. There are many teachers and scholars who proclaim Jesus to be one of the ten avatars of Vishnu. What about Buddhists? He says, well, the ones in the Mahayana tradition see Jesus as a preeminent spiritual figure. What about Islam? Well, Muhammad was a prophet, but Jesus was also a prophet, but he was also born of a virgin, unlike Muhammad. He was a worker of miracles, unlike Muhammad. He was carried to heaven by Allah without tasting death. He was called the Word of God, and he will return to appear to all before the final judgment. That's in the Quran, all of that. So he's a revered figure, second only to Muhammad. He says that doesn't end there as far as people and groups that believe in Jesus and have a have a special spot for him. He said it's hard to find a major tradition or a minor movement that doesn't give him a special place of honor and find ways to fold him into their system of beliefs. Now he gives you some ideas, the Baha'i, the Sikhs, the Mormons, the New Age movement, Unitarians, religious science, Jehovah's Witnesses, the Jains, the Deists. He said... They, they, they all focus on Jesus. So there's his wrap-up there. He said, four reasons. If people around you, somebody around you says, I'm kind of interested in checking out religions, boy, pl- clap them on the back. Way to go. And if you're going to do that, a good place to start is Christianity. Well, that's just because you're a Christian. No, uh, as Hazen pointed out, there are four really good reasons to get involved first in your search with Christianity. Of course, we as Christians hope that if they investigate Jesus and investigate Christianity with these four areas in mind, they'll stop there because there's nothing better. Christianity is the answer to all of our problems. All right, well, thanks, and uh, talk to you again in another podcast.